Wonderful. Brilliant. We'll let the kids go out. How's everyone doing? You're good? You're okie dokie. Good. As always, I, li I like feedback. That's always good. Yeah, please do make our friends welcome from Nottingham. This is Rosie and Tom. Rosie and Tom, just stand for me. Give, give everyone a quick wave. So Rosie and Tom were part of our young adults at the church we were at uh, back in Nottingham. And we had the joy. You guys were the last wedding we attended um, just before we left. So your anniversary must be two weeks' time. I knew it was. There you go. Well, congratulations for that one-year anniversary. Come on. That's amazing. Wow, brilliant. And it is great to see some new faces in the house today. We have a lot of people away also, but God bless you. I just want to let you know also, um, somebody very kindly let me made me aware of a great initiative that's happening in our city. And um, with the cost of living crisis... Uh, that's going off. I just feel it's really important to let people know as much information as possible where they can be helped. And we'll put this in our church news as Chris has shared. But this week I was made aware of the Devon and Cornwall Food Action Program. And this program is basically a step before the food bank. And anybody, and I mean anybody, can make use of this service. It doesn't matter if you're in full-time employment with the cost of living right now, if you are struggling to buy food uh, and just make ends meet, what these guys do is for £20, they will fill you a trolley full of food and make sure that you've got food for your week. Isn't that amazing? So uh, this is something, they don't, they don't do means testing. You just literally go and you, you fill out your name and they, they'll, they'll ask you uh, for your allergies and they'll make sure that your trolley is full to the brim with great things. Uh, and uh, the cost is just £20. So we will put that information in church news next week. If you want to know more information, then please grab me after the service, uh, and I'll give you the telephone number to how you can register for that. Um, but it's, it's important to have information, isn't it? Especially in this current climate, we want to make sure that everybody is not struggling and, uh, and going through... Uh, any hardships quietly in any way, shape, or form. Well, um, it's my joy to open the Word of God. And as Chris has said uh, on a few occasions, I'm talking on the peace of God. And I don't know about you, but uh, as a preacher, whenever I'm preaching on a subject, what tends to happen is God takes me on a journey of experiencing what I'm about to preach on. So this week has been a week where, where I felt like my peace has been tried to be robbed from me on many occasions. Uh, but God has retaught me the importance of being, finding peace in him. We're going to be looking at Philippians 4 verse uh, 4 to 9. And uh, I'm just going to read it straight from the NIV. It should come up on the screen behind me. But if you do have your Bibles, please do turn to it. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Whoa. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. This letter is written by Paul. And Paul is writing to the, uh, uh, the Philippian, uh, to Philippi, sorry. And his theme is all about joy. It's by far the most upbeat tones letter that we see of his. And the amazing thing we need to remember in all of this is Paul writes it from prison. Just stop and think about that for a second. See, Paul is persecuted. He's in one of the most persecuted places, yet he is writing to encourage others about joy. And we've got to understand something really important that Paul has found a peace in his troubles that surpasses all understanding. Now, we want a bit of that, don't we? You see, if you are in trouble, how many of us want to have a peace when we're in trouble? How many, want to, how many of us want to deal with situations from a place of peace, not a place of panic? You see, Paul writes to Philippi, stirring them to a place of joy from the most unjoyful moments in most probably his life. Why? Because he had a peace that made no sense. He had a peace that God was his deliverer. My title for us today, and it continues our anchored series, is We Are Anchored in a Peace That Makes No Sense. You see, in the verses just prior to these ones, we read about a call to rejoice, to be known for us for our steadfastness, because our confidence is that the Lord is near. I think today in this world, we're living in an age of anxiousness. I'm sure you would agree with me. This world um, professes a, a voice of anxiousness over our lives and can, and can sometimes make us feel very anxious, very worried. But I believe that we, the church, have to retain a prophetic voice in this world. And we need to fight for joy. Right now, we need to be a people who are different in this world. You see, right now in this world, there are people that are, are, are full of anxiousness, full of fear, full of, of depression and anxiety. But God has called us to be a, to a people who are filled with joy. We are a people who are different. So how do we fight for joy? That's what I want to look at this morning. I want to talk about how we fight for our joy. Because actually when we fight for our joy, we, we find a place of peace that makes no sense. My first point to us is don't allow anxiousness to take control. It's easy said and done, you may say to 
to me to this morning. You may say, Pastor Steve, it's very easy for you to say, don't be anxious. I can't help being anxious. I get that. I experience the same things that you guys do. But I tell you what, I, I live in a place where I've got a God who takes away anxiousness. A God who brings peace. You see, rejoicing comes from a confidence that God is in control. How many of us know that this morning? God is in control of your life. Paul found himself in one of the worst situations he'd ever been in, yet despite his circumstances, he chooses joy. Why? Because Paul's joy was not based on the positive attitudes. See, sometimes we try to to, to kind of find that peace from or that joy from just being upbeat and, and have a positive attitude. And actually, that's harder than what God's asking us to do. But actually, our joy should come from a confidence that God is in control. The Word of God says, let your gentleness be known to all. So in these scriptures, Paul is calling Philippi the people of Philippi, to be different from everybody else. And we get from these scriptures that we have to be different from everyone else, that we have to be a people who are gentle. And that people know that God's hand, God's hand is at work in our lives. Some of us need, today need to know that the Lord is at hand. That's our word for somebody today. I really believe that today somebody needs to know that God is at work in your life today. You may feel like he's not, but he is. I'm here to tell you he is. You see, anxiousness is a weapon that the devil uses. It's a weapon that he uses to rob you from your relationship with God. Anxiousness draws us to a place of worry, and worry robs us from time, relationship, connection, purpose, direction, life. How many of us can find ourselves in that place where the enemy is robbing us from all of those things? But throughout my Bible, the Word of God says, do not worry, do not be anxious. Isaiah 41, it says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. This is our God. 1 Peter 5 says this word, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Ecclesiastes 11 says this, so then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for your youth and vigor are meaningless. I can go on because my Bible is full of of words that say, do not fear, do not be anxious. We serve a God who does not want us to live out of a place of anxiousness. We serve a God who does not want us to be fearful. We serve a God who loves us unconditionally. God does not want you to be anxious. And he doesn't want your anxious, the anxiousness to take control of your life. So we're going to give ourselves some weapons. And my second point is this. And we read this. Paul gives us some weapons. Prayer and gratitude is our weapon. Come on. Prayer and gratitude is our weapon. Paul challenges us to tackle anxiety with prayer and gratitude. 
So the challenge is worry about nothing and pray about everything. How many of us do that? Oh. <laughs> I know that's a challenge in my life. Worry about nothing and pray about everything. What a great challenge over our lives. You see, today you may have walked into church and you're worrying about something, but God wants you to pray about it. He wants you to bring it before his throne. It's easy to, rem- it's easy to remember, it makes sense, but the thing is about doing it, isn't it? You see, we can easily have that thought in our mind that we worry about nothing and we pray about everything, but the fact is, are we doing it? Are we putting it into practical practice? There are so many things that we know to do, but do we do them? Oh, wow. We know to eat less, but we don't. (laughs) I'm victim to that one. We know to save money, but we don't always save money, do we? We know we need exercise, but we don't. I shared with you last week. The walk, I'm pushing myself on the walk because I'm not a walker. (laughs) But it's about being together. It's about fellowship. And sometimes we have to push ourselves to a place of doing things that we don't necessarily like to do or want to do. But actually, God calls us to a place where he wants us to stop worrying about the things in our life and stop praying about everything that... God wants us to pray about. You see, Paul calls us to action. In prayer and gratitude changes our perspective. You see, when we're intentional about prayer and give thanks, our focus shifts. It completely shifts from a place of worry to God. To a God who is and could do anything. A God who can change the mountains and move the mountains. I truly believe that we worship a God who is a miracle God. And today, God can, when our focus is on him and when we bring praise and petition to his name, our focus moves from a place of what is going off in our lives, from that place of worry and anxiety to a place of gratitude. I know I've shared before, like in our house, if, we, we're, if we're ever facing battle, I know there's worship going off. We've, we've got Alexas on most floors. <laughs> and, and if there's a battle going off, there's worship on every floor in our house. Come on. And some of us, we need to get, get that, that culture into our house. Praise has to arise. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the other thing is when I'm in a battle, I get on my hands and knees. I pray. A few weeks ago, I took some friends and uh, I I went for a walk and I showed them uh, a point where in in Plymouth where I spend a lot of time praying. It's a place where I look out to see, but it's a place where I really feel God speaks to me. And quite often... If you find me there, you'll find me there sitting and praying. Because I truly believe that God wants us to be a people who bring our prayers to him, our worries to him. 
Actually, prayer and gratitude towards God demolishes anxiety. It doesn't just shift it, it demolishes it. Come on. It demolishes it. We serve a God who demolishes anxieties in our lives. Prayer and gratitude draws us into the presence of God and gives us a peace that makes no sense. And my third point is, there is a peace that makes no sense. Because the Bible describes two aspects of God's peace here. A peace given from God and a peace with God. You see, a peace given from God is where Paul uses this in in the introduction of his letters to remind us that our peace comes from God. It's a gift. The peace that we get given is fr- from God is a gift to you and I. Yes? And a peace with God describes the relationship that we have with God. You see, we, we, we both have been given a gift, but we have also been given an ongoing relationship with God. And God wants us to continue to ha- know that we have that ongoing relationship with him. You see, when we enter into his presence through the finished work of Jesus, that's about the relationship with, with, with Jesus, and, and, that, and that is the peace that God gives us. You see, Paul reminds us that God's peace is a peace that is beyond all mind. You need to know that this morning. You're not... Our human... Our human, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I kind of, uh, the, our human nature is to, to make things happen, to try and maneuver things, to control things. We all like to be in control of our lives. We, try, we even try and control peace and make peace happen. But what Paul is trying to, to help us understand here is that God gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a gift. It's not something that we can control. It's not something that we can maneuver. This is something where we, beco- we come before God in humility and we, we bring our prayer and petition and God gifts us a peace that surpasses all understanding. It isn't that it is senseless and therefore impossible to understand, but that it is beyond our ability to understand and explain. You see, when God gives us a, gives us a peace, that peace is something that we can't always explain, explain. I know there have been situations in our life where we've been going through difficulties, and people have said to us, you're very calm about this. Anybody else experience that? Yeah? Well, that's because I can't explain the peace that God has given me, but I've brought it before God. And in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the battle, God has given me a peace that surpasses all understanding. You see, we've got to experience that peace. We've got to experience it. And Paul draws us to this final moment in, in, in verse 8. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. Because whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Why does Paul say that? Because Paul tried to mirror his life as God wanted him to, to live his life. 
You see, we the church, you and I sat here today, we need to be that example to the world. People need to see a peace in us that surpasses all understanding. So just like we had people come up to us in a time where we were in a, in a place of, 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 of fire and destruction, <laughs> and somebody said, why are you so calm? We can share. Our God is the one who has given us peace. You see, this peace should also lead others to God. See, when we're truly anchored in peace, it will always lead others to God. My final point is let praise be your anthem. You know that word anthem? An anthem is something that goes on and on. It's something that rings in eternity. Why is praise so powerful? Because as I said before, when we praise God, our focus becomes God. Why does praise come on my, in my household? Because God becomes our focus. And the, uh, and, and the attack becomes less and less. Yeah, it's still there. The pressure is still there. The thing that is attacking us is still there. But my God is mightier than anything that can come against me. Today, my God is mightier than anything that can come against you today. Yes? Right today, God is fighting your battle. And in these final verses that we've just read, Paul draws us to a meditation of praise of God's goodness. We've sing, we've sang of God's goodness this morning. Your goodness is running after. I'm running after me. We don't just sing those words because they're words. We sing them because they're truth. The goodness of God continues to run after your life day after day, minute after minute, second after second. God's goodness surrounds you today. When we allow praise to be our anthem, we meditate on his goodness and we see the peace of God with us. The peace of God brings us to a place of wellness because it is well with my soul. And I'm going to invite the band because I really just I really just sensed today that I wanted to to actually bring us to that place of peace. Because God wants to gift you today peace in your life. And you may have come today with worry and anxiety. You may have come today with with fear. But I know when you give your life to God afresh and you lay your worry and your anxiety in prayer and petition, this is what I can say with confidence. It is well with my soul. And the band are going to lead us in that wonderful old hymn. Right now, can I invite you to stand? And just before we sing those words, I'm just going to pray over us. Maybe you just want to close your eyes for a second. And if you want to respond 
You could do that through worship, but right now I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, for anybody in this house that is struggling with, with anxiety, fear, where things are coming to rob them from their relationship with you, today, Lord God, I pray the peace of God. We lay down our anxiety and our fear at your feet, at your cross, Lord God, because you paid it all. You did it once and for all. And today, Lord God, as we come to worship you, I can say, it is well with my soul. Amen.